Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Bloomberg Markets on this Wednesday. Carol Master, my co-host Corey Johnson, off today. Uh, here with me, though, Oliver Rennick of our Bloomberg News Stocks team. And Blue Apron, this is not necessarily the way you want to make your uh, public trading debut, is it? Not quite. And I think this is really the story of the day. I mean, there's a lot going on post-Fed and all this stuff. But this is, for me, I think is most important. It's equities, it's new stocks, and it's the willingness for investors to pay up. All right. We're going to talk about uh, the Blue Apron IPO in just a moment with our own Alex Barinka at Bloomberg News. Back to uh, Doug Krisner. We go, though, with uh, what's going on in the world of business. Hi, Doug. Hey, uh, well, we got higher equity prices after uh, yesterday's move lower. Financials out in front, Carol. Uh, today, after the bell, the Fed is set to announce the results of the second part of its annual stress test. Now, these numbers are going to determine two things. One, can banks increase dividends? Two, can they buy back stock? A little bit of optimism here in the markets because uh, the S&P Financials Index right now is up 1.5%. It's helping to lead the uh, S&P 500 up by about 8 tenths of 1%. Computer tech rebounding today. That's helping the NASDAQ break back above its 50-day moving average. NASDAQ composite uh, higher by about 1.2%. Yesterday, we broke below that 50-day moving average when a number of Fed officials questioned valuation in uh, equities. Uh, right now, Dow is higher by about 7 tenths of 1%. Time now for the closing numbers from the clo- of the floor uh, at the NYMEX. This is the New York Mercantile Exchange brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit USCFinvestments.com. That's USCFinvestments.com. We're seeing a recovery in the price of crude oil. Uh, inventory data from the U.S. government showed a significant drop in gasoline stockpiles. WTI crude right now up by about 1.2%. We're trading 44.75. It's curious because even though there was a, a drop in gasoline stockpiles. Crude inventories af- actually uh, moved up a bit. U.S. 10-year Treasury trading in New York at a yield of 2.22%. Back to Bloomberg Markets, Carol and Oliver. All right, Doug Krisner, thank you so much. Doug Krisner with the Bloomberg Business News Flash. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, Everybody, we've got to talk about this story because maybe it's a sign investors not so hungry for the initial public offering of Blue Apron. Let's uh, bring in our Alex Barinka, IPO reporter at Bloomberg News. So they slashed their IPO price, Alex. Is it a sign of the times in the IPO market or something that's more company-specific, industry-specific? This one is very industry-specific. And to kind of set the scene here, remember, this deal priced uh, on a Monday, three days earlier on June 16th, that's when Amazon agreed to buy Whole Foods for $13.7 billion. <laughs> exactly. So so they're having to deal with this kind of uh, big looming specter because, frankly, when Amazon gets into an industry, if they set their mind on something, everyone else's knees are shaken in that world because you've seen what Jeff Bezos and Amazon can do when it wants to conquer something. If they are pushing into grocery delivery, not just grocery delivery, grocery delivery of Whole Foods, where the customers are this middle-income, upper class, which is kind of the same customer base as Blue Apron Target's. Right. 
right. then then that's a, that's kind of a scary thing for them. Frankly, looking at Blue Apron's valuation beforehand, it was a little heady. Uh, it was at 3.77 times trailing 12-month net revenue. That's higher than the average for the 12 biggest publicly traded e-commerce companies. And it's a factor of almost 10 of the grocery companies uh, that trade here in the U.S. So it was a pretty heady valuation. But today's cut was huge. Uh, this is, in the past five years, for a U.S.-listed company, it's the second biggest cut. It's a 34% cut in the price range that they're trying to sell huge. their stock at. Right. Bringing it down to a range of 10 to 11 bucks a share from 15 to 17. If so, Whole Foods and Amazon hadn't cop, cop, uh, happened, excuse me, would we be talking about this? Not in this context, no. And I don't think that they would have had to cut uh, the stock this much either. It is an extremely competitive landscape. If you think about food delivery, uh, even what Blue Apron does specifically in that they send boxes of meal kits where it's basically already pre-chopped for you and pre-portioned to, to different recipes, even in that little niche, you've got Sunbasket, you've got Plated, you've got HelloFresh, and that's just in the U.S. And then you think about where else you can get your dinner. Well, for Blue Apron, the majority of their customers are this millennial uh, consumer base, and everyone knows us millennials love to eat out. So there's a lot of uh, of jockeying going on to get that share of people's pocketbooks. So there's a competitive landscape, yes. We would be talking about competition, yes. Would we be talking about the mammoth in the room, Amazon? Probably not, and that seems to be what's driving down demand right now. When that deal happened uh, on the 16th, uh, everybody in the stock, every single company in the stock market that has anything to do with food lost. Walmart stores, Costco went down about 7%. Kroger, double-digit losses, about almost a third of its market value was erased over those two days. And now we see the market value expected for Blue Apron, about a third knocked off as well. My question is, if you're a trader out there and you are trying to assess whether or not the sort of repricing of the IPO here makes sense and you compare it to some of these other things, I would think something like Kroger, like a big, like a direct Whole Foods competitor is going to be perhaps more prone uh, to, uh, you know, to losses based on the Amazon Whole Foods deal. The question is, is this overdoing it? Are people getting ahead of themselves perhaps? It's a fair point um, to look at the Kroger's of the world, the Sprouts of the world and folks yeah. in this class. Uh, but again, if you think about um, how competitive this industry is, and I think Blue Apron's financials do a good job of illustrating this in that uh, of their expenses, about a fifth of their expenses go toward marketing. Uh, they, this is an area where you are really fighting uh, on direct mail, on social media, on TV, radio, to get people to spend with you for their dinner instead of elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And But again, when you look at Blue Apron's valuation, though, even at the old valuation, I took a look at Sprouts. Um, Sprouts is about a $3 billion company uh, in market cap after this Amazon deal. They made $4 billion in revenue in fiscal 2016. Compare that to Blue Apron's $795 million in net revenue which excludes reimbursements Mm -hmm. in 2016. That's huge, and yet Blue Apron is still looking to be valued about six times of what Sprouts is going to be. Valued Help on. me out this in your story. Um, their net loss widened to fifty-four point nine million in twenty sixteen from forty-seven million a year earlier. The company may never make a profit. It warns in its IPO. The filing. first risk factor in the in the IPO, the very first one, we might never make a profit. So why would? Hmm. Am I? Help me out here. Uh, you know, am <laughs> I, I to play the other side of the coin. Amazon is also known for its razor thin margins, yeah. right? Uh, it's uh, food delivery, delivery in general, logistics. It's a very uh, capital heavy 
business. And until you get fully to scale, and, and Blue Apron says they only address less than 1% of their, they only serve 1% of their addressable market, less than that. So until you get to scale, it's very capital heavy. Right. They have to win customers. And, and they, they have, have to hold on to them, right? And hold on to them, which was uh, the reason why our sources told us late last year they pushed back this IPO because they were not, um, the customer acquisition costs were higher than what they wanted it to be when they came to invest. I have to tell you, I get a bunch of things for them. I have not signed up with them. I'm always impressed with their marketing, but I'm thinking, boy, this has got to be, this has got to cost a lot of money to do this. Right. And so timeline wise, if assuming this deal go, gets done, it'll price today after market and start trading tomorrow. And you know, I'll be there watching it for y'all. All right. We'll be checking with you. Uh, as always, Alex Barinka, our IPO reporter at Bloomberg News. Check out her IPO hot sheet. You can me- email her at abarinka2 at bloomberg.net. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio. Let's get a check on your latest World of National News headlines. Let's head to uh, Nancy Lyons in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nancy. Hey, Carol. The Senate Intelligence Committee is continuing its probe of Russian meddling in the U.S. and European elections. Bloomberg served Chapman with more on today's testimony from former diplomats and academics. The former U.S. ambassador to the North Atlantic Alliance and career diplomat serving both Republican and Democratic administrations, Nicholas Burns suggested President Obama's reaction was inadequate and President Trump's is one of inexplicable denial, unlike the French in their recent election. Russia launched a major cyber attack against the United States, regardless of what party he launched it against. He's done the same thing in Europe, very systematically. Then you saw this brilliant response by the Macron campaign to push back. And Russia's going to do this again. The committee is demanding more information about which state election records were penetrated by Russian hackers. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. Cyber experts continue to assess the impact of the new ransomware attacks that have hit Europe and beyond since yesterday. U.S. pharmaceutical giant Merck is among the companies reporting problems. Wavestone cybersecurity expert Jerome Bilwa says the Petia virus is using an exploit developed by U.S. intelligence. This attack is using... Uh, uh, attack tools that were developed by the NSA at the beginning, but these tools have been put online and they are currently being reused by many different cyber criminals. So we don't know exactly who is behind the attack, but at the beginning they are using uh, intelligence-related tools. The damage has been most prevalent in Ukraine. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nancy Lyons.